My name is Cyril War. And my name is Brian Roig. Welcome to the Shaping Spirit podcast. We're just a couple of California guys who have collected a bunch of academic degrees, studying spirituality all over the world, bringing it right back here to you in the format of the one and only non-sectarian spirituality-based podcast in the world. And Cyril, what is our topic for today? Overcoming the fear of death. I love that. That's something that we could literally talk about for years and years to come and probably Until not even scratch the surface. Yeah. <laughs> Always <laughs> un uncovering new meanings and realizations. So this is a fun topic and we'll probably revisit this God knows how many times. Um, but yeah, I mean, where do, you, where do we start with that? What do you think? My suggestion is that we begin on the premise of the very logo of the very, you know, modus operandi of our own podcast, mm. the may, our main slogan, which we repeat every time, which is, you know, remember, you are not your body, you're a spiritual being, you know, remember, you are not matter, but you matter. So can we expand, can we start on the premise that we are at least accept just theoretically and then run with it, the idea that we're not black or white or Jewish or Christian or Republican or, or Democrat or woke or conservative or straight or gay or whatever, mm. anything that pertains to this physical body, we are not, we are beyond that. We are spiritual beings. That's our real identity. And that identity survives physical death, survives the death of the physical body. Can we start from that? I, I like that. I definitely think we can start with that. And I think, you know, the basic premise of growing on a spiritual path, the first, you know, kind of method that you have to accept is that you're not your body. I remember year, years and years ago, there was a, a very well-known uh, spiritual teacher that had come from the East and he was doing all these lectures and traveling all over the world and putting a lot of time in the West. And one thing he said repeatedly to his audience, what he said, he always said was, please believe me when I tell you that you are not your body. And he would emphasize that and overemphasize that repeatedly because so much of our identification and our anxiety comes from this bodily identification. And number one, this fear of death, you know, that, that we identify with the body, therefore we have a fear of death. And I'm, I'm curious to know what you think. Why are we so afraid of death? That's a great question. I think once one, I think it has several answers. One of them, one safe one that comes to mind immediately is because we are, well, we are identifying with something which ontologically is not going to, is not going to last. It's temporary. Mm. We are identifying with castles of sand, hoping, hoping that they're never going to melt into the sea. Oh, Jimmy you, are you, I was just going to say, you're quoting Hendrix. <laughs> Everybody go listen to Castles Made of Sand, please. Oh, man, that song. Ooh. Yes. And so Castles Made of Sand Crumbly. melts into the sea. Eventually. Eventually. What a great song, huh? Yeah. Coming yeah. from a so, guy like him, pretty yeah. wise. Uh, so here, here are my thoughts on it. I think there's two points that tend to overshadow everything else in the sense of why we are traditionally 
so afraid of death. Number one, a fear of the unknown, because we don't know, people don't know what's beyond, quote, death, which, and what are we saying? Death, death of the body, right? And then number two, fear of pain, fear of pain slash suffering. So because we identify with the body, they, and we identify with the pain and the suffering that exists within the material body, that's like, oh, I don't want to die because it's going to hurt, right? You think, oh, I'm going to get shot, I'm going to get cancer, I'm going to get run over by a train, whatever, right? There's this fear of the pain and the suffering that's going to be involved in the process of death. That's number one. And number two, that yeah. fear of the unknown. What is beyond this body? How could there be beyond, you know? Uh, and, have you ever seen those... Re those researchers, you know, those, those testimonies, not so much about the paranormal, which I find is really, really interesting, mm. like paranormal stuff, like children who claim to remember their past lives, for example, mm -hmm. but people who have near death experiences or, and then there's a strong, 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 um, recurring motif about seeing, you know, a tunnel with a white light, right? Mm -hmm. But you were just about to finish your point. Well, yeah. So I think the the concept of the unknown beyond death of the body comes from whether or not there's a concept for that particular individual on the spiritual path of reincarnation, right? Or of heaven also, right? Right. Heaven, reincarnation. Like, where do you go when the, when the body expires? And that's, that's something that, you know, okay, well, is, th there's this concept that, that we call in the East transmigration of the soul. And so maybe we can do a podcast on that sometime, maybe reincarnation and transmigration of soul, what all that means, but to lightly touch on it, that takes us beyond, to quote Judas Priest, beyond the realms of death. Check out that song. Mm. It's very cool. Judas Priest, Beyond the Realms of Death. Awesome song. Um, so that's something that I think people need to kind of wrap their heads around and also wrap their heads around that the body you're in now is not the same body you had when you were born. It's not the same body you had when you were five. And whatever age you are now, it's going to constantly change. I think they say the cells change in the body. We've talked about this before. Every seven years, everything re 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 kind of grows and re-replicates itself. So, you know, the body's changing. And there's that process of death from the time you were born. I know I was, somebody had heavily criticized us for bringing this up before. It was really funny. I like when we get like the negative feedback from the podcast. How dare you say something like that? It was so depressing to hear that you're in the process of death. <laughs> like, well, guess what? You are. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to be that ignorant to the process of death, then go be an ostrich and stick your head in the sand. But the fact of the matter is, you're born, you're in the process. What is aging? Aging is the process of, of dying. It's maturation, right? You mature, and then it starts to get old and weak and feeble, and it expires. It is what it is. You see it all around you. Yes, you see beautiful life around you, but part of that beautiful life is also the, the process of, of, you know, kind of death, for lack of a better term for right now, right? So why... Do we really need to be afraid of it? Or is there something greater, right? That spiritual path 
we have to have an acceptance of something greater than ourselves. And there has to be something in spirituality. I don't care what flavor of religion you're in. Every, every religion, all spiritual paths say something very similar. There is something beyond the temporary. And everybody pretty much... Un- except, except if you're a, a, a Zen Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody really kind of has this idea, right? Or most people. Let's say most people. Let's not go overly generalized, but let's generalize lightly. Let's do a light generalization. That this material world is temporary, right? Everything is changing. The process of entropy exists, and it's all around you at all times. So there's hints. The world, Mother Nature has always given you hints at the process of death. It's called seasons. Southern California, we really don't have them. Uh, <laughs> so maybe that's why Southern California people are a little bit more ignorant to certain things than others. But there's always that process, right? So we have to just kind of look at it and go, okay, well, what's beyond? What is beyond this temporary? And then have some faith that there is something beyond temporary. Yeah. I began believing that I'm a soul, <laughs> you know, about 30 years ago, right? And I also started believing, and I still believe in, in what you mentioned, in, in, in transmigration, right? In transmigration of the soul. Um, and, and I remember, I, I clearly remember the, the, the feeling I experienced, like psychologically, emotionally, when I basically told myself, okay, from now on, I'm going to try to live my life as much as possible as someone who identifies as a spiritual being inside a physical body. Okay. It's going to be hard. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm still not there way, not there 30 years later, but at least I took on that challenge to, to, to just fully uh, accept the paradigm, right. That I'm not my body. Right. Yeah. And I remember like when I just did that moment, I sort of like decided, okay, this is what I'm going to start believing now. I felt this, a great sense of relief, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, wow, I'm eternal. Like I'm, a, I'm eternal. I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get extinguished. I am not going to get extinguished. I'm not going to switch off for eternity in 30 or 50 or 70 or 80 years. Yeah. Right. We got to quote John Lennon here. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry. He was good in his own way. Right? Remember that song? Because we all shine yeah. on. Call, uh, the call moon and the stars karma. and the sun. Yeah. Like the moon, like the stars and the sun. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, I shine on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I live on. I'm eternal. Whoa, what a relief, you know, from thinking, oh my God, I literally, I last 80 years to I last forever. Yeah. You know, imagine the difference in, in concept, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. So, but yeah, but we need faith. We need faith. And where do we find that faith? One place where we find faith in that premise, right? I mean, that teacher you spoke about, right? Who said, please believe me when I tell you that you're not, is that what he said, right? Yeah. Please believe me when, when I tell you that you're not your physical body. That's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's testimony right there of someone who has a lot of faith that we're not our bodies, right? Yeah. But for most of us, we're like, oh, maybe, you know, and what do you think of, we spoke about, we mentioned this large body of literature or testimonies that have this recurring motif of, you know, people who have out-of-body experiences 
or near-death experiences and they often see a tunnel with mm. some light, right? And there's also a, lar- a large body of, of, you know, of, 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 of research on the sort of the paranormal type phenomena. And one of the ones I, I like the most is, you know, children who claim to remember their past lives. Can, can, can we go there just a tiny bit? Because it really is, it's not so much substantiating, you know, the point of transmigration, which it obviously does, but we could take it to, to, to substantiate the claim that we are eternal mm-hmm. and that therefore we shouldn't be afraid of death. It's kind we of should cool. get Jim Tucker. Maybe we should leave it for another podcast. Yeah. We should really get Jim Tucker to go into Jim Tucker, right? Yeah. Um, that would be cool. I think that would be Jim Tucker is the cool. guy from University of Virginia. You want to tell our listeners who Jim, Jim Tucker is? No, for those who go don't ahead. Know? You already started. <laughs> okay. As yeah. a small princess, Jim Tucker is a guy we want to come to get, you know, we want to, 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 to invite on our podcast. He's the guy who took over the work of the late Ian Stevenson, who was the head of the psychiatry department at the University of Virginia. And they started this, this sort of sub-department called the, the, the Department of the, the Division of Perceptual Studies. Maybe it has a different name now. And, and Jim Tucker like took the torch basically and move and continues gathering. It's like a, it's like a think tank or a hub where all sorts of uh, testimonies uh, and interviews and cases of children who claim to remember a past life are gathered and analyzed and, and, you know, verified if, if, it, if they can be verified at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, I mean, these are just that, that topic is so fascinating, you know? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I've seen videos and little documentaries on that kind of stuff where kids are going, no, here's where I was killed. This is what happened. This person was my wife. This was their name. Stuff they could have never known. And we're talking exactly. about kids that were like six, seven years old, you know, very small children that would have had no understanding uh, or and knowledge of any of this. And they had all this information and it's quite, quite uh, rampant, you know? So yeah, I think, I think it's cool. Showing, proving, literally proving, I mean, if it's true, it proves that we survive the death of the physical body. Yeah. I, and I think uh, part of that, right, is understanding that, you know, there's, like I said before, Mother Nature's always pointing in the direction of the truth. (laughs) And you can look at your hand, you can look at your feet, you can look at, you know, whatever part of your body, and you can say, okay, I'm going to move my fingers and start wiggling your fingers, right? But those are all separate, attached entities and realize, oh, okay, this is a part of me. It's an extension of me. But do you lose your identity if you lose a finger? Right. No, you don't. I no, know. Don't. I, I know a guy, a, a, a grappler, uh, very well known. Uh, you know, kind of a buddy of mine, and he had a a toe taken off. I don't know. It's probably ten years ago now. Or whatever. Didn't change him as a grappler. Didn't change who he was. Didn't look at him. And go. Oh, it's not you anymore. <laughs> Still the same guy. So we have to realize that who, who we are, our identity has to go beyond the physical. You know, there's an extreme, an extreme case, a few extreme cases of what you just spoke where like someone is like either born with or has an accident and loses like, you know, 90% of his freaking brain. Mm-hmm. Right. 
there's a, there's one case, I forgot the name, Doctor Who, but the whole front lobe, like the dude had no freaking front lobe of his brain mm. and was still able to like speak. So it's kind of like that Monty Python movie. Remember, like you chop off an arm and he's like, you can't touch this. Like mm. I can still fight you. Then he chops another arm. Like, so I'm still the same person. <laughs> you yeah, chop yeah. the legs off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it comes back to that story of Socrates, you know, the famous Socrates story where they're like, okay, you know, just get out of town or we'll kill you. You know, you'll have to drink the hemlock. And in those days it was understood that, you know, everyone left the city and no one drank the hemlock. It was just kind of like a, a thing you say, that's just the way of saying, look, get out and they get out. But he was like, okay, you know, bring it on. I'll drink the hemlock. And they were like, uh, oh shit, no, that you're supposed to leave. That's not part of the scenario. We don't want you to die. He's like, no, no, give me the hemlock. And he said, right, you can't touch me. Like, you're not going to be able, you're, you can't touch me. Mm. That's someone who, you know, speaking from the platform of, hey, I'm a soul, dude. Like, he, you're going to kill my physical body, but I'm not this body. So like, you can't touch me. Mm -hmm. It's something from within. And I think this is a concept we need to embrace in order to oh go beyond God, that how much fear, we need to embrace right? it. Totally. We have to embrace this concept of, our individual essence, what we are really made out of, right? Our soul, our soul, our personal individual true unit of consciousness is something that can never be burned. It can never be pierced with an arrow or a bullet. It can never be offended. <laughs> it can never be crushed or destroyed. You know, we have to embrace that topic. And, and really embrace the concept because it's actually rooted within so many traditions, you know, with, within, in this, where we kind of go into the personal theistic traditions of the world, it's rooted that your individuality, who you are, look, I'll even go so st to stretch it so far as let's say you didn't believe that you were an individual you're a part of some current, some kind of universal, uh, spiritual current in that your individuality is an illusion. Let's pretend you're that okay, type of we're person. Going with the let's just pretend there's, there's like yeah, total okay. non-dual cool. monistic style, non-dual, uh, uh, ideology. Well, guess what? You're still transcendent. Yeah. You're still, not your body, right? <laughs> right. You're still not the body. That's the whole point <laughs> I was making. Right. Sorry. Yep. You're still, you're still, you're still not, not the your body. body. And so, None of us, you know, let's say you're driving around a car and then some jalopy and get rid of it and you get a new car. You're not crying. You're not having a funeral for that car just because you got rid of the jalopy. You know, I'll, I'll make you, guys, I'll make you a, a quick story. It's funny. So my we, we had no money when I was growing up. We were very poor for a variety of reasons, but that's not the point. The point is, my parents could never afford a new car. There was always these junker used cars. And one that they had, it was like a 1978 Ford Granada. It was like this silver that was silver car on the outside. It was peeling off with paint and rusted. And it was this ugly maroon, dark maroon leather on the inside. We went to this, we were going to school, elementary school. And this car was so bad, so junky. Every time my mother made a left turn, it honked. And it wouldn't stop honking until it made a right turn. So the humiliation me and my brother had from the time she 
picked us up and dropped us off. Typically it happened, uh, you know, only at certain times because, you know, she would turn one way to get into the school. So we'd be making a right turn. It wouldn't do it. And then as soon as she made a left turn turning in, it would start honking and everybody would laugh. Ha ha ha, Brian, you know, Tim, me and my brother, ha ha, your mom's here. Look at, you know, and we were going to a school at the time where we had this jalopy car, this piece of crap car and everybody else had Porsche, Mercedes, BMW. Everybody was well off. And then it was just these two poor kids you know, that didn't even have a dryer at home, that our clothes had to be hung outside the car, flapping dry as we're driving to school. No Yes, way. yes, 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 yes. So the point of this story is, <laughs> so while everybody's laughing, going, this can't be true, yes, it's 100% true, is that none of us, when we, my parents were finally able to afford a car, and I think right after that, they finally were able to get enough money together to get a new car, Nobody cried because we got rid of that piece of crap car, Ford Granada, that always honked when you made a left turn. And then we got, finally got a new car, right? We were like, oh my God, there's a celebration. So we don't have to celebrate the demise of a body that is no longer functional. Yeah. That's the whole point of the story. I just wanted to bring some levity to the situation because yes, it's kind of a dark topic. But how do we bring it to light where it doesn't, we don't have to have this fear, right? The whole concept of this, this episode today is overcoming it's the how fear. how-to, right? right? Yeah, overcoming. It's, our, it's, it's, it's a how-to. Like, where are we at here? Where are we going with this? Right. right? We have to understand and embrace we are not our bodies. Well, we come back to the same thing, to the same, we always all, you know, yeah, we often come back to the same sort of core solution, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but before that, one analogy that comes from 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 the east is uh, maybe you've heard of it the, the the bird in the cage. You know the bird in the cage. You buy a, you buy a cage. I mean you buy a bird and you know the bird's in the cage, and then you spend your whole time oh, fixing your whole it day up, yeah, and you never feed it and fixing it dies, up yeah. the cage, <laughs> cleaning the cage, polishing the cage, and you forget to feed the freaking bird inside the cage. Yeah. Like you ignore the, the the bird and you just feed the cage. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> feed the cage, <laughs> clean the clean, cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then what happens? The bird dies. Yeah. Because you you neglect it. So how do we avoid? How do we protect ourselves from neglecting ourselves in a way? How do we protect ourselves from 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 from, from focusing on? like your analogy of the, the car, mm -hmm. which we're not, we're the driver inside the car yeah. or the cage when we're not really a cage with the bird. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think one of the th core ways to do it, this is like, how do you, well, you should really, you know, spend quality time every day. And here we go, you know, praying or meditating or reading sacred scripture or listening to the Shaping Spirit podcast or others, you know, um, just time with the divine one-on-one, -on -one, you know, where you're just really praying, absorbing, connecting, you know, entering into a state of, of, of you know, of spiritual yoga with the divine. And, and when you do that, then it's like, it's like, when you do that, it's like you're, you're pouring water on, on, on the very root of the tree from which you come from, mm -hmm. Right. And in that sense, you're, you're nourishing yourself, right? Yeah. And the more you nourish yourself spiritually, the more you identify as a spiritual being. Yeah. And 
die and you know in 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 a, in a completely uh, you know proportionate way you disidentify from the physical body yeah and it's not right? so you, I, I i i i like those points that you're making and one thing i want to make clear it's not that we are saying to have some kind of disassociative disorder right where you're not present and you're not using your vehicle for something good, right? Look and then you people. also start not being affectionate to your children, exactly. for example. Yeah, this, the body is a tool, it's a vehicle. Everything around you should be used in, the, in this service of s spiritual service, of spiritual growth, spiritual development, helping others, right? So using these things as tools, right? Everybody has a toolbox at home, hammer, some kind of wedge, uh, level, screwdrivers, nails, right? All these things we have, a drill. So you know what's in your toolbox. You pull out the tools when needed for the whatever project you have at home. Similarly, we have tools all around us. The first one, our primary tool, is our physical body. We have? Yeah. What'd you say? I said we have, our, we have physical tools all around us, right? Everything in the world can be used in service, in some type of spiritual service. And that which cannot be favorable for spiritual service, that's what we can reject and put to the side. That which is available for spiritual service and can actually enhance spiritual service, this is what we should embrace and, and grow with. Yeah, I agree. Right? And that, that will get us to the mindset, which you're talking about, is having that spiritual mindset. We're like, yes, okay. We know that within the material world, there's suffering. Within the material world, there's going to be pain, anxiety, suffering, because there's attachment. And we're engaging ourselves within the, 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 you know, the four walls, so to speak, of material nature. So expect suffering, attachment, and this and that. You can also expect joy and happiness as well. But all of it is temporary. And one time I read this quote, it said, happiness is just a temporary cessation of material suffering. Hmm. I wouldn't personally go that far. I do think that there's a spectrum, right? I think you can be flat and just be kind of in a sense of calm. And that's an absence of material suffering. And then there's, there's clearly sensations of joy and happiness and elation. But ultimately how we identify with the body and how we cling to this particular body, um, I think can be detrimental to our mindset of overcoming the fear of death. I really do. Good point. Good point. So let us, uh, let us stay strong in that conviction and do whatever we need to do to, to keep that faith strong and let us continue to, to act as much as possible in the capacity of souls or as, you know, in the capacity of spiritual beings residing in a physical body. And if we continue doing that, then we can be sure that we'll actually give the best of ourselves. Remember that Foo Fighters song? Yeah. You know, uh, is someone getting the best, mm -hmm. the best, the best, the best, yeah. the best of you? So we want to, we want to give the best of ourselves. Listen to, to Dave Grohl and the Food Fighters. <laughs> <laughs>
the best of ourselves is, yeah. is our is ourselves as souls. And, and so when we reconnect with the divine, then we can really give the best of ourselves to others. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, Love thank it. you for listening. And uh, you can, uh, you know, keep, keep the questions and the comments coming at spirit, uh, shape, sorry, shaping spirit podcast at gmail.com. That's shaping spirit podcast at gmail.com. And uh, remember, you know, we are not our bodies. We are spiritual beings. We are not matter, but we matter. We matter. We all matter. So remember that when you look at somebody else, even if you disagree with them, even if you don't like them, everybody has their place in the world and everybody matters. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Take care.